Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, September 8th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's what you need to know today. Mexico moves to decriminalize abortion. Plus, Latino voters' role in deciding the fate of California Governor Gavin Newsom. But first, looking to new vaccines for a way out of COVID is today's one big thing. Here in the U.S., the COVID vaccine conversation has mostly been focused on Pfizer, Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. But with Delta's stronghold on much of the U.S., Axios' healthcare business reporter Bob Herman reports we might need to look to other emerging vaccines. And he's here to tell us more about that. Hey, Bob. Hey, Nyla. Bob, I remember way back in the beginning, we were talking about all the other vaccine manufacturers. Where are they at this stage in the pandemic? So there's about six or seven vaccines that are being used globally. Obviously, more are being studied and trialed right now because even with this number of different vaccines, we're still not even remotely close to fully vaccinating the world. So I think there's quite a bit of pressure to uh, find a vaccine that, that can just be more widely distributed. We have been talking so much about Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, there's another vaccine you've been watching, Corbivax. So this vaccine, Corbivax, was developed in Texas, and they're already licensing out the technology. It's undergoing clinical trials. And the great benefit is that Corbivax uses traditional vaccine technology that's used in the hepatitis B vaccine, for example, instead of the newer, more expensive technology. So that could be scaled up quickly. And the other good news is researchers say it's very cheap. It could be $1.50 a dose. Is the Biden administration paying attention to the Corbivax? So far, not really. The researchers have tried asking the administration to get involved, and not a whole lot has panned out yet. So I think there's a a role for the U.S. to play here. Researchers have been getting interest from other countries uh, for this vaccine. In India, for example, less than 20% of its population is fully vaccinated. A large manufacturer in India is already making this Corbivax at risk. So India is already very interested in this. Bob, do you think with the Delta variant, with all the conversation in the U.S. about a booster, have we lost sight of the fact that vaccines are still the pandemic's endgame here? Yeah. I, you know, the vaccines were made with the intent of preventing or reducing death and severe illness. And by pretty much all accounts, the vaccines are still doing that. If you're vaccinated, it's very unlikely you'll be hospitalized with COVID-19, and it's very unlikely you'll die from COVID as a result. So the COVID vaccines are still a a smashing success, according to many infectious disease and vaccine researchers out there. They're they're working, they're doing their job, and I I think there's almost like a messaging problem. I think we can equate it to maybe even the flu shot. You get your flu shot every year, There's still a chance you can get the flu, but you get your flu shot so you don't die or get hospitalized from it. 
which is a good reminder because the CDC is recommending that everyone get their flu shots before the end of October. Bob Herman is Axios' healthcare business reporter. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Nile. I appreciate it. In 15 seconds, we're back with big news out of Mexico on abortion. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. While fallout from the abortion ban in Texas continues here in the U.S., the Mexican Supreme Court yesterday took a step in the opposite direction, unanimously voting to decriminalize abortion across the country. Marina Franco joins us now with the latest from Mexico City. Hi, Marina. This was in response to a law that had passed in a particular state. Can you tell us about this case? Hi, Nyla. Yes, uh, this is a law in the state of Coahuila, which ironically borders Texas. And the state had basically said that any person who elected to get an abortion or anyone who aided them would get at least one year in prison. And the federal attorney's office in 2017 said that that law should not stand. And so it went to the Supreme Court and the decision was made until now. So are there people who are imprisoned in Mexico for having had or helped with an abortion? Yes. Estimates range about 200 women are currently or have been imprisoned across the country, either because they voluntarily uh, decided to abort, even if it's not legal in their state, or even if they had a miscarriage and they were charged with murder. How is this case different from Roe versus Wade here in the U.S.? This decision is different because it's not about legalizing abortion. It's about decriminalizing it. Here in Mexico, you can go to jail if you decide to abort. And now the court is saying that laws that impose those sort of criminal sanctions should not stand. So the decision was made because the justices stated that having these criminal sanctions would violate basic liberties regarding reproductive rights and the right to self-determination, whereas in the U.S. it was mostly the rights to privacy of what a woman ended up choosing. So here it's more encompassing. And also the justices here in Mexico stressed during their decision that This should apply not only to women who identify as such, but to whomever is able to carry a pregnancy. So that becomes explicitly inclusive of trans people and non-binary people as well. Marina Franco is a reporter for Telemundo and also co-writes the Axios Latino newsletter, which is now out two times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thank you, Marina. Thank you, Nyla. In less than a week, California voters will decide whether or not Governor Gavin Newsom gets to keep his job. The recall election is set for September 14th, and it's the latest in a string of efforts by the GOP to oust the Democratic governor. And now, new polling shows Newsom is gaining support among a key group, 
Latino voters. A new survey from the Public Policy Institute of California shows two-thirds of likely Latino voters say they oppose the recall. Axios Race and Justice reporter Russell Contreras is here now with the rest of the numbers. Good morning, Russ. Great to be with you. Russ, why does this particular group of voters matter for Newsom? Well, Hispanics are the largest ethnic group right now in California. They comprise approximately 28% of registered voters. And in many cases, you cannot win a statewide election without grabbing a significant portion of Latino voters' support. So his fate will be decided on how many Latinos go to the polls. And how has support for Newsom changed among Latino voters? Well, just a few weeks ago, there was a poll out that suggested the majority of Latinos favored the recall. This sent alarm among Democrats and progressive activists in California. It's a deeply blue state that they were losing a key demographic in a recall. So Newsom stepped up his campaigning in Latino communities. He highlighted the support of very important key Latino figures, including the United Farm Workers co-founder, Dolores Huerta, who says it was important for Latinos to rally around Gavin Newsom. So the big question is, is this enough to tip the scales? Will it depend on Latino voter turnout in the recall? Well, that remains to be seen. What we do know that he needs to get a significant portion of Latinos to, to have a comfortable recall victory. That is, voters rejecting the recall question. Axios Race and Justice reporter Russell Contreras. Thank you, Russell. Thanks for having me. Before we go today, some promising news all the way from Mars. NASA has confirmed that its rover Perseverance has successfully collected its first sample of Martian rock. That sample, along with others, will eventually make its way here to Earth for scientists to study. It's a big step towards better understanding the red planet and whether there was ever life there. And that's all we've got for you today. You can always reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or message me directly on Twitter. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.